0: I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. If you're in Psalm chapter 13, I'll begin reading in verse 1. We'll read all six of the verses this morning. David writes, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I Take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily. How long shall mine eye, my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemy say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. We don't know for sure the exact circumstances in which David penned these words. But what we do know is that he was going through a dark time. And by his own admission, he was struggling to see God. Have you ever gone through a, a dark time when you struggle to to see God. Uh, a, a dark time that seemed like it would never end. Maybe it was a prolonged season of illness or chronic pain. It could have been a feeling of abandonment or rejection or betrayal that made it feel so dark. Maybe it was the devastating end of a relationship or the unexpected loss of a job and all that goes with it. For some among us, that time may be right now. During the holidays as you struggle with the loss of a friend or a loved one who wasn't around the table on Thursday and won't be around the table for the Christmas celebration either. Believe me, we understand that. Honestly, it could be any number of things that make us feel as though the bottom has dropped out from under us and we have plunged headlong into a a bottomless pit of despair and or discouragement and or depression and or desperation causing us to feel as though God has hidden his face from us. With the Lord's help, I want to preach to you from these words of David under this title this morning, When Darkness Seems to Hide His Face. We'll consider David's words under three headings this morning. Number one, how David felt. Number two, how David responded. And then finally, what David did. So let's, let's begin our time this morning with this, how David felt. I'm sure you caught the recurring question at the beginning of this psalm. We read it four times. It was how long. Perhaps you've been through a time when it Seemed that every day you were asking yourself, how long is this going to last? It's like life is is moving in slow motion and you're not sure that it's ever going to get better. Some of us have been in situations where it just seems, there, there seems to be no light, if you will, at the end of the tunnel. It's like we're totally blind. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't see any help in sight. And that's hard for sure. But it's not the hardest part of a time like this. The hardest part is not the depth of our struggle how bad it is on a day. It's not even the darkness of it, how uncertain it is in a moment, though that's not easy to deal with either. I submit to you this morning that the hardest part of a time like this is the duration of it. That's the amount of time that it goes on. That was David's difficulty, was it not? How long? How long? How long? Four times. How long? Most of us could go through just about anything if we only knew how long it was going to last. But it's the uncertainty of not knowing the length of suffering that is the hardest. In his four how long questions, David expresses an array of feelings beginning beginning with abandonment. How long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? abandoned what a miserable feeling now to feel abandoned by another person another human is bad enough but if that were to happen then we've always got God to lean on right but when we feel like even he has withdrawn from us It is an absolutely helpless feeling. We know from our familiarity with David's life and from other of the Psalms that he faced numerous difficult circumstances. But he faced them with more bravery when he had a sense of God's presence with him. Now, however, feeling abandoned and distanced from God, it did not take long to send David into despair. But let me say this this morning. David's perceptions, now listen, David's perceptions as are our perceptions a lot of times were inaccurate because what he feels to be the case is not the case but having said that let me say this that didn't change the fact that David felt like that was the case David felt what he felt And those feelings did for David what they do for us. They created their own reality. So, Brother Prater, are you telling me just to ignore my feelings? No, not at all. What I'm saying this morning is this. We should not be ruled by our feelings. The problem with being ruled by our feelings is that our feelings are affected by our fallenness. So instead, listen, instead of relying on what we feel to be true, we must rest on what we know to be true. And what we know to be true, whether we feel it or not, church, what we know to be true is this. God said in his word that he would never leave us nor forsake us. In the book of Isaiah, Israel as a nation felt forsaken and forgotten. But listen to what God, look at his response. He said, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. And we know that that's not probable I mean, it may, in in some weird situation, that may possibly happen, but it's not probable. But God said, even even if that were possible, if a, a nursing mom could somehow forget her infant, yet God said, will I not forget thee? Behold, Isaiah 45, 16, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. My friend, God's care for his children is like the sun. It's constant. And even though the clouds obscure it, it doesn't mean the sun isn't there. It's always there. Now, before we look at something else that David felt, I want to share this quote with you from James Montgomery Boyce on feelings of being abandoned by God. Listen to what he said. The fact that we feel abandoned itself means that we really know God is there. To be abandoned You need somebody to be abandoned by. Because we are Christians and have been taught by God in the scriptures. We know that God still loves us and will be faithful to us regardless of our feelings. David felt abandoned but he also felt discouraged and depressed how long he asked shall i take counsel in my soul having sorrow in my heart daily how long shall my enemy be exalted over me let's learn a valuable truth right here this morning when we're discouraged And depressed, the answer is not looking within us, it is looking beyond us to the Lord. When we experience the the kind of feelings that David described in this psalm, the worst thing that we can do is just sit and think about them. Because the more you think, the deeper you sink. But the more you release, the more you feel peace. Us sitting there and, 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 and looking inward and thinking inward is, is like chewing on a pill that is meant to be swallowed. Why would we put ourselves through that kind of self-torture? Releasing our feelings of abandonment and discouragement and depression to the Lord. Oh, listen, it brings a glorious sense of peace. Which brings us to how David responded to how he felt. David responded by crying out for help. It was wise for him not to try and and go it alone in isolation like so many have and, and, and honestly so many are still doing. Maybe even within the sound of my voice. If you're here this morning or if you're watching via live stream and you're choosing to to try and, and work through your dark time alone by yourself, please stop. Please stop. Please reach out to someone who if nothing else can lend a non-judgmental listening ear and an empathetic heart. It's really not good for us to live in any realm of denial when the storms of life hit us. If we try and just suck it up then we do harm to ourselves and to others around us. Recently, a pastor called me. I I didn't even know this pastor. To this day, I've never met this pastor. But we have a a mutual friend who told him that he thought it would be good if he reached out to me and we were able to talk on the phone. his wife of 22 years and the mother of his children had died of cancer. And as he shared his heart with me I was very open and very transparent with him and shared my heart with him. And I told him that For a time after our son's death, I felt like I had to be strong. That I had to just suck it up for my family and for the ministry. And I did that for a a good amount of time. But there finally came a day when I just could not do it anymore. And church, it was was like the bottom dropped out from under me emotionally. And I crashed hard. As soon as I said that, this pastor, again, whom I have never met Ever, who's in his mid 40s, just began sobbing uncontrollably over the phone. For what seemed like two or three minutes, it probably wasn't that long, but it seemed to be that long. All I could do was remain silent and listen. To this man sobbing and crying uncontrollably he couldn't talk and when he was finally able to gain some semblance of control he said to me brother Prater that's me that's me I didn't know that it was okay for that to happen and he said, for two years now, I have been fighting against that very thing for the sake of my family and for the sake of my ministry. Church, listen to me today. It's okay not to be okay. Men, did you hear me? It's okay, guys, not to be okay. Okay. If you're not okay, you're not okay. God knows that we are all frail children of dust. So when you're not okay, do what David did. Cry out. Listen, seeking help. And I... I, I counsel with with cops all the time and I try to get this through their thick skulls all the time. Seeking help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. I am thankful for those people in my life that I can reach out to when I'm not okay. Okay. But my ultimate source of help and your ultimate source of help is the Lord. At a time when he was down and depressed and was feeling abandoned and alone, when he was so overwhelmed by the darkness, David cried out to the Lord. His first cry was for attention. Consider and hear me, oh Lord, my God. It's like, hey, 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 God, look at me. Pay attention to me. Give consideration to my plight. God, hear me and help me. David's second plea was for illumination. He said, lighten mine eyes. In other words, enlighten me, show me. David is pleading to God for an answer. He not only asked for a resolution to his struggles, but he was asking for an explanation as well. And can I say this this morning? It's okay for us to pray that same prayer. But be forewarned. God doesn't always bring an end to our struggles. Or turn the lights back on. And allow us to see. And understand. And can I just suggest a reason why that may be true? Could it be that God wanted David and wants us to learn to trust him as much with the lights off as we do with the lights on? The songwriter of old penned these words in the hymn Solid Rock. When darkness veils his loving face, I rest on his unchanging grace. God is still God whether the lights are off or whether they're on. So we know how David felt. He felt abandoned. He felt alone, which led to a time of of serious emotional darkness. And we see how David responded to how he felt. He cried out to the Lord. And finally, we see what David did. David made a, a, a threefold commitment. And watch this, church. Don't, don't miss this, please. He did it with the lights off. It's not like he made some bargain with God and said, "Hey, God, if you'll if you'll make this all right, and if you'll turn the lights on, and if you'll let me know what's going on, then I'll do this and I'll do this." No, no. David made these commitments, as far as we can tell, while he was still in the dark. He committed to do these three things whether God turned the lights on or not. And here's what he committed to do, three things. Number one, David trusted God's mercy. And In our, in our text, David speaks in the, the past tense when making this first commitment, trusting God was something he was doing. And I believe he was committing here to continue in that same practice. Mercy speaks of God's loving kindness. And notice here, David was fighting against his feelings. That's so important. He was was beginning to fight against his feelings. He feels forgotten, he feels abandoned, he feels forsaken, and he's feeling it all day long. He can't make any sense of the darkness that he's in, and he's not even sure how much longer he can go, but he said, I will trust you. God, I don't know what's going on but I trust you. Now now again, please get this, he's not feeling it. You understand that? He's not feeling, well I just don't feel like doing it. Neither did David. But David's fighting against his feelings. If we want to get out of the darkness, we've got to learn to fight against our feelings with the truth. David said, I I, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. He said, this doesn't make any sense to me, but I trust you. I don't know how long this will last, but as long as it endures, I will trust you. And this was not an emotional commitment. It was a volitional one. In other words, David makes a conscious decision to to commit to do what he knows and not what he feels. If you don't get anything else out of this today, please get that. In our times of darkness... We have got to learn to go back to what we know. And one thing we know, if we know anything else, is that we can trust God. Amen. David's second commitment was this. Look at, look at verse 5 again. He says, my heart Shall rejoice in thy salvation. Church, listen this morning. We, listen, we never outgrow our need for the gospel. That's right. That's right. Even as saved people, we need the gospel. Because it reminds us of what God has done for us. Rejoicing in God's salvation, like trusting in in His mercy, is volitional. It's something we choose to do even when we don't feel like doing it. And that's because it's always easier to act our way to a feeling than it is to feel our way to an action. Did you get that? It's always easier for us to act our way to a feeling than it is for us to feel our way to an action. Well, I'm just not feeling it. The feelings aren't there. Okay, okay. Just start doing it. Come on, just start doing it. And listen to me this morning. The feelings will follow. Are you tracking with me? Just do it. Well, I don't feel, I know you don't. There are mornings you don't feel like going to the gym. But you do. And when you get there and you start get building up a good sweat. And as you're walking out, it's like, man, I'm glad I went today. Hey, hey, come on. There are times, there are times we don't feel like going to church. That's good. Now, if you've never been there, just keep polishing your halo. <laughs> because us real folks, there are times, come on, there are times we don't feel like going to church. But we do it anyway. Sometimes because we're paid to. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, for the rest of the staff guys you know what I'm talking about we don't feel like it but man we get in a service like this and oh man heaven comes down and that choir sings so men sing and we sing about the goodness and the greatness of God and it's like oh man I am so glad I came today What's happening? You you're acting your way to a feeling. But if we try to feel our way to an action, you'd still be sitting at home this morning. You'd, you'd still be carrying that extra ten pounds of turkey today. I'm kind of making fun, but this is so serious. Well, preacher, I'm in a dark time and I just don't, I just don't feel like rejoicing. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. And I promise you, friend, the feelings will come. We choose to rejoice in Christ's death on the cross for our sin We choose to rejoice that in His burial, our sins were buried with Him. We choose to rejoice that He didn't stay buried and that today we serve a risen Savior. And we choose to rejoice that because of his salvation, oh, listen, one day we will spend eternity in a place where there will be no more tears and no more death and no more sorrow and no more crying. And listen, no more night. No more darkness. Oh, mercy. How do you Good. No more darkness. David said, I'm gonna trust, I'm gonna trust you, Lord. I'm gonna trust in your mercy because I know you have my best interest at heart. And he said, the best I know how, I'm gonna try and muster some energy to rejoice in my salvation. Though I'm not feeling it right now. And then David moves to this last one. (laughs) David committed to singing of God's goodness. Oh, mercy. Verse six, look at it. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Singing to the Lord is such a great way to bring light into our soul. Singing is a a sure way to both express and increase our joy even in the dark times. What did Paul and Silas do during one of the darkest days of their lives when they found themselves unjustly prisoned? What did they do, church? They sang. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. As we come to a close this morning, I've asked Brother Jesse if we could have this song sung as an invitation song because it, it, it just speaks so well to, to this last point about God's goodness. So here in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. And while this song is being sung, this is our invitation. And I want to ask you to respond in a way that would would best honor the Lord and, and, and be obedient to His leading. It could be this morning that you're in a dark place right now for whatever reason. And sadness has... Has overtaken you like a a giant wave that's crashing onto the shore. And in your spirit you just feel crushed by the the weight of it all. You may be here this morning or maybe watching online and it, it feels like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But God isn't with you. And and, and there doesn't seem to be a path anywhere that can lead you out. Friend, I want to encourage you this morning to lean into your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ more than you ever have. So we stand at our feet, lean into the truth of God's word that tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us lean in to the truth that the God on the mountain is the God in the valley and that the God of the good times is the God of the bad times and that the God of the day is the God of the night will you say amen Amen. heavenly father we come before you this morning and lord I thank you for orchestrating and arranging this service And God, no doubt, there are some good Bible-believing godly men and women and young adults and maybe teenagers who right now, life just seems so dark emotionally. God, it could be for any number of reasons, as we've already said. But Lord, they can relate to David. It's not that they don't know you or they don't want to live for you. It's that they're human and they don't understand right now and they're confused right now and they're struggling right now. And Lord, they needed to hear this morning that in the midst of their darkness, there is a way to get out. And it's by trusting you and rejoicing in their salvation, and singing of the goodness of God. Lord, help us today, in Jesus' name, amen. As Brother Jesse sings, you come this morning, church. Don't wait. You come.